Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for joining us. What a beautiful day out there after Mother Nature just gave us the double barrel finger. Saturday and Sunday, have a little bit of this, everybody, and then welcome to Monday, nice and sunny, and well, you heard in the forecast, not too bad this week. Wednesday, hump day looking beautiful, and then, of course, by Friday, well, you, I don't have to tell you. You know what's going to happen. It's going to be beautiful all week, and then uh, it's going to be crappy. You know who's with us uh, throughout the hour is Justin Trudeau. The uh, Prime Minister is with us. Jody, Jody, Jody. Yes, Jody. Yes, thank you. Uh, Also, uh, we are going to be talking about Doug Ford, and we're going to be talking about his response to the carbon tax. We're going to get your response to the carbon tax. We'll do something a little later on uh, at the bottom of the hour called You Be the Journalist. You get to call in. And tell me how you would write that carbon tax story today. I'll give you some of the the leads. That's what we call it in the business. The lead, the lead sentence. And for some reason in print, they spell it L-E-D-E. Don't ask me why. Print people are weird. But you can be the journalist. You tell me how you would write it. And then we're going to talk about media bias and and, and see how that works. So you can, uh, you can be the journalist today. Uh, we want to begin, though, with the Doug Ford press conference that wrapped up just about 90 minutes ago. Uh, actually, no, it was closer to 11. But uh, it, it, he was at a Ford dealership in Etobicoke. So look right there, you're, you're checking off a couple of major tick boxes right there. Ford in Etobicoke. I want to play, this is one of my absolute favorites whenever he says this. What is everything made of, Premier? Every single person in this country. Everything is made of carbon. Everything is going up. No matter if it's your food, your clothes, driving little Johnny to hockey, everything is going up. And if that doesn't make you competitive, I don't know what does. Everything is made of carbon. You are made of carbon. We are all made of carbon. And so the government is going to be taxing us. Uh, Justin Trudeau, is it true? Will you be taxing uh, our actual carbon Selves. Jody, Jody, Jody. That wasn't the question, but thank you. Uh, here uh, now to talk a bit more about about what uh, well Travis Damrage is going to be joining us shortly. He is probably doing some television now. He was actually at the announcement, and one of the things he's going to be talking about is this whole license plate issue. Uh, you uh, you you may have heard over the weekend these reports that we're going to change the license plates that we have from yours to Discover to open for business. And, of course, everybody's like, well, pff, well that's going to spur investment. That's going to bring in the people. Travis Danrez joins us now on the phone. Travis, uh, I want to play I want to play something for you here. I want to play. Uh, here it is it, it, about about the whole license plate issue because all right I, I will start with that and then we're going to move it under carbon because uh, you yeah. you put out this story on Friday and the Ford government staffers just attacked you they said your sources were wrong your story was wrong tell me what your story was first so essentially the story was I got, I got a, a couple calls from different sources on Friday saying hey listen. Uh, the Ford government is, is looking at changing, and there's a plan in place to change license plates on all vehicles from saying yours to discover to uh, open for business. That's the slogan that they're looking at right now. Slogan hasn't been confirmed, but that's what they're looking at doing. And, so I, I reported that, yep. and I reported what the sources said, and also the premier's office said, well, no decision has been made, but we're looking at this for only commercial vehicles. Right. Uh, now here... 
after the uh, the the premier staff, a number of uh, senior comms people put on Twitter, Travis Danraj gets it wrong again. Which I whatever because I, I can I can name a couple of scoops right off the top of my head, Travis, that you got right, uh, and and I mean accuracy is uh, and they keep saying, oh, Travis is wrong, and then oh well, turns out here's the premier today being asked about the license plates. Uh, we aren't misleading voters, and I, I find it ironic that the government saying that they're going to give you money back. We know for a fact. When you go to the gas pumps right today, you're paying five cents a liter more. Sorry, that's the wrong one. We're gonna, this whole radio thing is new to me. Number three. I don't want to <laughs> ever, ever lie to you. I can't comment until the budget. Um, but we are going to make some changes there. So I can't divulge uh, exactly what they say. or Just commercial plates or on regular plates? Uh, both. But I, I'm just being very frank with you, Robert. I can't discuss that until the budget. I'm sorry. That uh, in response to a question from Rob Benzie from the Toronto Star. He's just being frank with him, Robert. Uh, Travis, that sounds to me like we're about to change the slogan on both commercial and passenger plates. So so I heard this, and then, of course, I, I got on the phone with uh, the Premier's office to, to ask them about this, since they had been calling my story uh, fake news uh, for the entire weekend. Uh, and, and they say the Premier misspoke that they are trying to clean it up a bit and that he misspoke and that while the uh, license plates are going to change, the slogan's going to change on commercial vehicles, uh, they're not going to change on uh, on uh, just passenger vehicles. So there's, you know, the Premier said it. You heard the clip just now. And now the Premier's office is saying, well, he misspoke. So, I mean... And the minister in charge of consumer services, Bill Walker, was asked about this today in question period, and uh, he said that you know it's a it's a great plan. I didn't he didn't confirm things, but he said it's a great idea. Um, so that's where we're left on all of this. So, so wait, well, so misspoke. Misspoke. So, <laughs> misspoke. So well, maybe he read your story and got confused. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, listen, they, 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 this one seems to be uh, rubbing them the wrong way, the story. So uh, I, I don't know. We'll see where this one goes. But certainly um, they're fighting back still on it. And they say that the premier uh, misspoke. I'm going to get to carbon tax in just one second. But yeah. uh, I was promised by the Ford government during the campaign a large neon sign at the border. Was I? We were promised that, were we not? Yeah, this is true. And, and what are we going to get? Well, there are signs at the borders that say "open for business," but are they're they not neon? neon signs. They're not. They that's not promise signs. made, promise broken. Right there. Let's move on to carbon tax. Uh, I can we play number two here? I'll get this figured out. This is where uh, the premier really goes on the attack against the carbon capture, capture plan that is now have has been imposed on Ontario. Oh, we aren't misleading voters, and I, I find it ironic the government saying that they're going to give you money back we know for a fact when you go to the gas pumps right today you're paying five cents a liter more we know for a fact that everything is going to go up every single item is going to go up your car parts that gets transported from point a to point b they're going up food clothing everything it just makes us uncompetitive diapers they're made of carbon they're going up Probably the poop in the diapers going up too, because that's made of carbon. But uh, here, the, the point he's making here is, that, you know, he keeps saying it's going to cost you more, but the feds come back and say, "Well, wait a minute, we're giving you cash back. That doesn't add up." So, what's the premier's stance on all of that? 
Yeah, exactly. Sorry, Alan. So uh, essentially, the the premier is repeated a refrain that he has been saying for for months now since he since he got into office and on the campaign trail as well. Uh, He says he doesn't want to weigh into the the federal election, but certainly he has been doing that. Um, We just got uh, uh, some emails that were sent to all of the. PC caucus, basically giving them talking points. This was an email sent last week telling them uh, what they should be posting on social media, what they should be saying. And you saw this kind of coordinated campaign yesterday and today. Are you, are you telling me all of those pictures from all of those MPPs were, that was not spontaneous? That was spontaneous. It, it, was, it, was, it was just a coincidence. Just a total, yes, absolutely the coincidence that every single PC MPP yesterday put out on social media pictures of themselves with filling up. Yeah, that's right. And if you notice the premier, he was on Instagram. He actually wasn't pushing the, uh, he wasn't <laughs> pulling the, the trigger there to put the gas in, but he was holding it for quite some time. So, I mean, there wasn't really anything new. The, the, the thing that he announced today, he, he actually was an announcement from, from a while back uh, about the drive clean emissions test, a $30 test. Right. Those are being uh, eliminated as of today for light duty vehicles. Right. They will still remain in place for commercial vehicles. But it really was just an opportunity this morning, once again, to to rail against. To back. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Travis. Uh, that is Travis Danraj, who is our Queen's Park Bureau Chief. Coming up on the Mighty Allen Carter radio program. Weed is tight. Weed is tight. The weed. That's awesome. Weed is awesome. Weed is awesome, and it's tight, as in it's not available. Coming up, Jamie Marocker on the latest on the opening of those weed stores. Plus, Trina Fraser, lawyer from Ottawa, joins us with more on what this is supposed to be all about, which is killing the black market and whether or not that is even possible. Uh, JT, your thoughts? Jody, Jody, Jody. Smoke them if you got them, because today, of course, is Brick and Mortar Pot Shop Day in Ontario, delayed for six months by the Ford government because they wanted to change the previous uh, Liberal government's plans to have this run by the public sector. They wanted to make it private, and they needed more runway to get these things open. Plus, they uh, continue. the government continues to complain that the uh, federal government has mismanaged this, and somehow we just don't have enough weed. I have I I I difficult to believe this because I mean the weed companies in this country have been scaling up for two years. So, but whether or not that uh, shortage will remain, here is the premier this morning without without even not a gram of awareness of the double meaning talking about the difficulties <laughs> with with uh, legalized marijuana stores. Well, we're, we're blazing a new trail. As, as you know, this whole country's blazing a new trail. Oh, that is so good. We're blazing a new trail. Uh, Jamie Marocker is a Global News reporter, and she is covering the opening of the shops. Of course, there are far fewer of them than we expected. Jamie, are you blazed as we speak? <laughs> Graham Blaze, you two are hilarious. Yeah. Today. Um, okay, so you've talked a little bit about what the government has to say. Uh, I mean, stores were pretty packed during their opening this morning. Lots of people waiting to see what this means. But like you said, we haven't seen the full rollout across the province. So only 10 of 25 stores have rolled out in the GTA, only three, Brampton, Burlington, and one in downtown Toronto. So while there's all this hype around it, uh, we continue to hear this issue of supply. I spoke to uh, a, a professor this morning from Brock who says 
the supply issue has been a problem since the get-go, and it's something that both the federal and provincial governments should have been focused on leading up to this. And this leads to the issue of um, illegal purchases. So dealers, they're not having any problems getting their supply. So a lot of people are still turning to the streets to get their marijuana. Um, so they really do have to get a lockdown on this supply issue and figure out what's going on. The other thing is for the other stores that didn't open, uh, we're hearing today from Vic Fideli that there is going to be some sort of penalty for that, um, whether it's uh, a portion of the $50,000 that they receive taken away or some sort of fine. There's going to be penalties to come for not opening their doors on April 1st. But you have to remember that the window to be able to open these shops was so tight. So, I mean, kudos to the shops that were able to get right. through all the red tape and do it. But Jamie, Jamie, have you actually gone into a store yet? I haven't been able to get have, into a you, store. You haven't got in. Or, no. Are there still lineups? <laughs> There's some lineups. Really? Um, Come on, bust your way through. Come on. <laughs> get in Just there. Just get in there. Our, our Camille Kamali got in this morning. He got in first. He was like head of the line. And he's not on the radio now because why? <laughs> why? Just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave that question what out there. To? <laughs> All right, Jamie Morocker, who will have more on the opening of the limited numbers of brick and mortar shops. That is on Global News tonight. Uh, Jamie, don't bogart the story. We'll uh, see you tonight on the air, TV at five thirty and radio at six p.m. Thanks so much. Have a good one. All right. Uh, let's uh, move on to what this is supposed to be all about, which is, and Jamie alluded to it, which is the whole reason that we have legalized here, the claim is, is that that's going to put the black market out. So we're going to take the illegal aspect out of it. We're going to make it a safe product. Uh, we're going to make it at a competitive price, and that is going to take away the illegal aspects of it. And joining me to talk more about that is uh, Trina Fraser, who is partner at Brazo Seller in uh, Ottawa and is a specialist in cannabis laws. Trina, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. I want to play for you something that really jumped out at me from uh, Doug Ford when he was asked today about illegal pot shops and the fact that they continue to exist. Here is what he had to say, and he singles out Hamilton here. This is the clip where uh, he talks about Hamilton needing to do something. There's been more than enough warning. We can't have a black market and, and making, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars if you add up all these illegal pot, stop, uh, pot stores. Uh, it drives me absolutely crazy. The question to Hamilton, why are you turning your head on this? We need to start closing them all down. So we need to start closing them all down. Trina, as you see the rollout of the legislation, why has it not been effective in closing these things down? Well, I'm sure there's a, a lot of uh, different reasons for that. I think part of it has to still do with uh, limited resources available to law enforcement and how they prioritize these shops. But um, the fact is that there, you know, the demand for cannabis is there. And until we create a legal framework that provides um, you know, a, a meaningful kind of convenient way for people to purchase legal cannabis, and, you know, fully meet that demand, um, it, that demand will be satisfied elsewhere. So it's a little bit of, you know, plugging your finger in holes in the, in the dike. Um, you know, another one will just spring open. So really what we need to be, I think, primarily focused on right now is, is really flushing out this retail framework, um, you know, making sure that the supply is getting um, filled and, and that we do have these shops 
available to people in convenient locations for a price that makes sense with good quality product. And at that point, you know, I think the problem will, will to some extent take care of itself. Um, and to the extent it doesn't, I think there'll be um, probably more incentive on law enforcement to shut the stores down. I mean, that that's the theory, but Stats Can had a crowdsourcing project recently that uh, looked at legal cannabis and the price at the end of last year for a gram of legal cannabis was $9.70 and compare that with the black market at $6.51. That is a considerable difference. And how do we actually get the price down to a point where we can eliminate the black market? Well, to, I, to some extent, I think just economic forces will take care of that. Um, with the more competitors we have in the legal retail market, it will, will put a downward pressure on price. And so I think we will feel, see legal prices you know, drop somewhat. But um, the other thing to remember is I think you know, statistics have shown as well that consumers would prefer to buy it from a legal source, and they are prepared to pay somewhat more for that legal product, obviously not an infinite more amount more, but, you know, there, there is a little bit of give that we have in that regard. Um, and so we really don't know yet you know, to how, how much is that gap going to be before people say, I, I will choose to purchase from the black market instead. I, I guess one of the other questions, of course, is that, uh, I mean, I understand that we have to, you know, go slow as with all of this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know, the, the bricks-and-mortar retailers and the online retailers are not offering products that people want. People want edibles. People want, you know, concentrates. They don't want to burn stuff and inhale smoke anymore. Yeah, we're we're quite limited at the at the moment, and we knew that was going to be the case. Um, that's just how the legislative process went for the Cannabis Act, and so we are hopefully going to see the final regulations on topicals, extracts, and edibles very soon, and we will see those regulations coming into full force before October 17th this year, and that will make a huge difference. I mean, it will take some time for those products to actually get onto the shelves and for, you know, those vape pens and edibles and, and creams and all those um, different product types that consumers are, are clearly demanding to actually become readily available in the legal framework. Because without we'll it, get there. W- without it, the black market exists, whether or not, you know, economic forces and prices come. And this is where I'm, con- where I think that there is a flaw is that the, the government market, the government-controlled market with Health Canada is never going to be nimble enough to provide products that people want the way that the black market will be able to do. Well, I mean, they, they have, the way the draft regulations were crafted, they've provided quite a bit of flexibility, actually, for the industry to meet consumer demand. You know, they haven't really prescribed exactly what you can or cannot, what can do. They, they've said, you know, in the name of public health and safety, here's things you can't do, and here are some minimum requirements that have to be met. But within the scope of those basic requirements, you know, you, you let your imagination reign and, and come up with products that are innovative and are, and are what consumers want. Want. Now, there are, there are going to be some limitations, for example, the amount of THC that can be present in an edible product, for example, that's going to be problematic because there will be consumers who, you know, don't want to have to eat, you know, 10 cookies exactly. to get the dose that they would normally have. But um, that's kind of a public health and safety trade-off that we've made for the time being. And I think hopefully over time, and maybe even in the final regulations, who knows, because there are a lot of submissions made on that topic, we may see a little bit of give there. 
um, that will help us out in that regard. But that's the kind of the tension that the government is struggling with uh, throughout, which is these competing interests of regulating in the name of public health and safety versus displacing the illicit market. And they are to some, well, to a great extent at odds with one another. Trina Fraser is partner at Brazo Seller and an expert on cannabis legislation and the implementation of a legal cannabis uh, regime in this country. Thank you for being with us, Trina. Thanks a lot. So, can the government market be flexible enough? Can they produce enough? I toured one of these huge grow operations in Niagara Falls recently. And this thing is enormous. It goes 24 hours a day. And the amount of weed that comes flying out of this place on, you know, on the daily is insane. And at the same time, we have a shortage. I guess it's difficult to sometimes be able to figure out what we should do and how we should get there. Well, what? A, wait a second. A premier, what are we doing again? Well, we're, we're blazing a new trail. As, as you know, this whole country is blazing a new trail. We are blazing a new trail. On this radio program, we will blaze a new trail in our next segment where we will allow you to become the journalist. We've talked a lot about the carbon tax and what it means for this country. When we come back, do you think you could write a lead? You know, we talk a lot about bias in media. So if you can tell me how we should present this story, and then we'll talk about whether that indicates a bias. We'll read some of the news clips and some of the leads from professional journalists, and we'll talk about whether or not you see a bias there. Let me know. 416-870-6400. Star 640 on your cell. We're going to blaze a new trail after the break. I'm a journalist. My name is Alan Carter, and my normal job is to be a TV news anchor and journalist. Um... And this radio thing is new to me, and I'm having a time of my life. <laughs> but Rebecca, my producer, just said, uh, I said, how many calls we got on this whole you be a journalist thing? And she says, well, none, because uh, to tell you frankly, I don't even know what you were asking about. I don't even, I, whatever you were talking about, I don't understand. So that's good. Um, this is why they only give me an hour, you see. I understood what you were talking Would about. You, well, that's nice. Um, what I'm talking about here is we talk about media bias and we talk about, you know, writing, you know, what, what's what's the most, you know, whether or not there's a left wing bias and all the rest of that. We talked about that last week a little bit and we had a, we had a you know, lively discussion about it. So what I want to do here is I want to talk about the carbon tax. I want to talk about uh, I, I'm going to read you a couple of stories here and you tell me whether or not you think. Uh, this portrays any kind of a kind of a bias or and now I want you know you I want the the little Bobby Woodward's out there um, Bobby's Bobby Bob Woodward of the Washington Post. remember him all the president's men if you think that you you tell me this is what okay you want me to I'm gonna simplify it so people can understand when they call in because I'm all over the place on this one I'm not gonna I so call in and tell me whether or what you think is the most important thing about the carbon tax? What is the number one thing? That is the lead. Remember your old inverted pyramid in, in, in elementary school when you took this? You remember on the chalkboard? So you'd have the inverted pyramid. And the idea here is, if you're a journalist, is that you put the most important thing at the top. So what is the most important thing that people need to know about the carbon tax and the carbon pricing scheme that has come into effect in this province today? 
This is the Alan Carter Radio Show, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. I hope that made sense. I hope somebody will call in and take a shot at this. Here is what uh, the Canadian press wrote. This is uh, just after the Premier responded earlier this morning. Here is the lead sentence in the Canadian press. Uh, This is the lead. Ontario Premier Doug Ford says there is no reason to believe Canadians will recoup the cost of the federal carbon tax that takes effect today. So according to Canadian press, that that, that is what is the most important thing. Also, uh, here's another Canadian press, uh, this one just on the general issue, this is more on a national story. This is the lead story, uh, the lead sentence. People in Manitoba, Ontario, Saskatchewan, and New Brunswick will be paying more for gasoline and heating fuel Monday when the federal government's carbon tax begins in provinces that refuse to impose their own emissions pricing. That is a fairly neutral sentence, I think. It tells you what's happening, and it really does tell you what what the situation is here is we're all paying more because it's being imposed. The second sentence is the federal tax is $20 a ton for this year and set to increase by $10 annually until it reaches $50 a ton in April 2022, which, you know, that is, that, that's down in the weeds. That's why it's the second sentence. Let's go to David. David, you're, you're shot here to be a journalist. What is the most important thing about the Trudeau carbon tax? Go. Thank you so much. The most important thing is zero, because I just want you to explain to me why we have 100 police cars with their cars running eight hours a day, standing inside cones at every condominium being built or every construction being built. How do you justify those guys running all day long their vehicles, and yet you're trying to tell me that you're trying to help out the air? I am gonna. I'm gonna go Jay Jonah Jameson on you and just chuck you right out of my office. Uh, but I appreciate your call. <laughs> that is Jay Jonah Jameson from the Spider Man's movie. Laugh. You remember him? Because the the, the the question, and again, maybe maybe I just have not articulated this well enough. Jack, Jack, what do you think is the most important thing? The the thing that if you had to tell somebody what happened today in Ontario, what's the most important thing about the carbon tax? That it's going to help the liberals to lose big time. <laughs> I, I like that. It's spin. I mean, that would be that uh, that'd be under a opinion. We'll put we'll put that on the opinion page. So your your lead here is you think that this thing is the nail in the coffin of JT. You better believe it. The fever's going to get it, finally. Jody, Jody, Jody. Uh, there's the Prime Minister weighing in. Yeah, I, I, I think I think voting Liberal my whole life, and the last um, the last two elections I didn't. And, and to see what's happening to our wonderful country, I'm in my 70s. I've, I've been uh, president of corporations and uh, own my own businesses, and I think it's really, really sad what's happening to this phenomenal country. My father died in World War II because of this. All right, sir, thank you. I appreciate your call, and thank you for continuing to listen. I want to go to Paul, who is in Hamilton. Your opportunity to be a journalist, what is the most important thing? What is the lead sentence if you were telling somebody about the carbon tax and what happened in Ontario today? Well, it would be a uh, gore and blood. You'd and go, why. You'd go yeah. slasher film off the top. No, here's, a re- here's the reason why. Because okay. um, 
you know how on our cars we had to get them tested if they were a certain uh, year? Yeah, right? drive, give it, yeah. drive okay. clean. And they then, just canceled yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, we would pay uh, $35 or whatever. That's if it passed, right, to have the test. Now the test is free. But if your car didn't meet the standards, then you would have a year to fix the car, right? Now, this is exactly what the carbon tax is going to do, except on a much bigger scale, like on a macro scale. So they're going to go to your industry. They're going to look at your industry, and they're going to say, you're emitting too much carbon. And then you're going to say, well, I still want my business to run. And they'll say, sure, no problem. All you have to do is purchase some carbon credits. And then in in the course of time, you have to get your industry up to speed so it doesn't emit that much carbon. Now, where do you get your carbon credits from? Well, this is this whole cap and trade issue that we just just opted out of here in this province. All right. Sorry, go ahead. You got one more. Quick. Just follow me for a minute. So where do I get the carbon credits from? I get them from the Chicago uh, Mercantile Exchange where I buy the carbon credits. Now, who gives out the credits, the carbon credits? It's Al Gore and his partner, whose last name is Blood. And um, Obama also has stock in the Chicago Mercantile Exchange that is involved in giving carbon credits. Do you now, believe? Gonna, do we? Do you believe we landed on the moon? I just want to check. I just want to, just a reality check you, on conspiracy you, 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 issues. Yeah, sure. You, you, you can make fun of it. No, but I mean, I'm seriously, it's a bit. Of, that is a bit of a conspiracy. That's a. That's. No, but, a, yeah. But you, you can look it up if you want. All right, I, I, I will. I'll, I'll, I'll Google that on. Uh, what is that? Snopes. Snopes. Yeah, I'll do that. I am a journalist. My name is Alan Carter. Thank you so much for being with me, and thank you for your calls in our last segment, in our BA Journalist segment, which I believe was a bit of a fail. Uh, I would give it, what, a 50-50? Yeah, I'm getting, Rebecca's giving me maybe 45 45. So what are we going to do? We're going to reset. We're going to reset. We're going to, we got uh, one more segment to go here on the Alan Carter radio program. What are we going to do, Doug Ford? Well, we're, we're blazing a new trail. As, as you know, this whole country is blazing a new trail. That's right. We're going to blaze a new trail right after this show when we go down and visit one of those pot shops. Sounds good. That's good. Uh, April Fool's Day today, of course, uh, and I want to play for you now and talk about some of the corporate pranks that were uh, making the rounds. I don't know if you've seen them all. Uh, Some of them are funny. Some of them are just a pain. And some of them just kind of makes me think that here we go, yet another thing that I don't know when, you know, I grew up, you know, you I'd play a prank on my sister. My dad would, you know, come running in. The, he'd he'd come running in and say, you know, uh, the, uh, the power's out. You have to get up. He did this one year to me. The power's out. Uh, you got to get up. And I jumped up out of bed and went downstairs uh, and it was 5 a.m. He did that. And so that, that's funny. But now it seems all corporate. Everybody's got to, you know, the corporation's got to get in on it. Uh, so let's talk about some of the, the ones that are making the rounds. This one is from the folks at Google who say that they are investigating a new piece of technology. For the past uh, two years, Wagner University has been working uh, very closely with Google to use cutting-edge technology uh, to look deeper into communication with plants. Hello. Communication. We with collected plants. an incredible that is, amount of that's information what, that's, that, using automated machine learning. Yeah. So we this, what this is, Google Tulip. You are actually able to speak to your plants. Here's a spoiler. What are your plants thinking about? They're thinking about sunshine, soil, and water. I'm going to give that a boo. This one I like. This one I think. You know, sometimes you have these April Fool things that the corporations put out, and you think, 
Well, that's a that's a really good idea. Why don't somebody do that? This is the BBC iPlayer. Solving a problem I think we all have when you're watching some content that maybe is NSFW, if you know what I mean. Look that up, folks. And that is perhaps a little racy, and your mom's in the room, or your kid's in the room, and it's or your coworker, and it's super uncomfortable. Here, let, this is from BBC iPlayer. Introducing BBC iPlayer's new Skip the Sex button. Avoid those awkward sex scenes and simply skip the sex. Fornication with the family? Skip. Titillation on the train? Skip. Intercourse with the in-laws? Skip. Skip, skip, skip past it all. Just skip the... with the skip the sex button. Coming soon to BBC iPlayer. That is the BBC iPlayer April Fool's joke, which I think is a great idea. I think the plant one's a good idea, too. I want to know what my plants are thinking. You think... Rob joining us here. He thinks that uh, plants, we should have some sort of uh, thing for plants. Let's, uh, you know that the 90s are hot now. Have you, no, have you noticed that I've the noticed, 90s are back? And how sad is it when your own youth just comes back as nostalgia? It sucks, folks. It's, I mean, it, I think to myself, I see the kids wearing the clothes. I think, I think I still have that. I think I still have those. So you don't have to buy anything new. Well, but here's the rule, and you know this is the rule, is that if you're old enough to have worn it the first time, you can't wear it when it comes back. You can't. You can't put on the skinny tie, the skinny leather ties from the 80s when the 80s were back in. Unless what? you kept wearing it the whole time. The whole time. Yeah. Well, then that's a look. That's a different thing. That's like a Tom Wolf white suit kind totally. of signature thing. Totally. So the 90s are back, and Honda has decided to get on board with this with a new trim level for the Honda Passport. Here's part of the advertisement for that. The past never looked so good. Honda Passport. Honda presents the 90s theme trim level for the all-new Passport. The Passport. The authentic look of the new Passport on the outside, yet simplified with everything you love about the 90s on the inside. Fully equipped with a coin holder, digital clock, beeper mount, Navigation system, air conditioning, and forget all those buttons on the steering wheel. The Passport only has one. The horn. Ah, the nostalgia. Technology. Ah, that is, that's part of the Honda ad. Uh, that, that's enough. That's enough free advertising for Honda. They better send me a car after that. That's ridiculous. This one, uh, I'm reading off the Newswire. This one comes from the PR Newswire. Muna which is an award-winning cottage cheese brand in the United States, fully embraces the plant-forward dairy trend by introducing its newest flavor, Muna Cannabis Cottage Cheese. The new limited edition variety using milk from grass-fed cows (coughs) is available in Muna's district snack-sized single-serve cup starting today. That is not true. It is not true. Also not true, uh, an announcement from Blue Mountain, which I liked, which is that next year they will put aside one run on the mountain uh, so that your dogs can run down the slope with you, so that you can take your dog skiing and the dog can run beside you when you ski or snowboard down the slope, which I, I think, you know what, people would do that. People would do that. I want to move on. Speaking of dogs... This is from Stash, which is an online company in the United States. 
This dog just invested in the stock market. Stash for Dogs is a revolutionary way for your dog to start investing for their financial future. The canine-friendly UI makes it simple for them to operate the app, and Stash provides single stocks and ETFs like Bone Bonds, The Ball, and Warm Snuggles to invest in. Your dog can uh, also Oh, yeah, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is not true. You do not. There is no way that you can get an investment app for your dog. I think that this, I mean, I played all of these things. I, did you, are you amused by them? Are you annoyed by them? I think there's a heavy annoyance factor here now. You know, like there's a couple of them that rise above it. This used to be a thing that, like McDonald's did this thing today. They have one out there that says, uh, introducing now uh, a single McNugget. Serving, yeah. So that you, and it's like a little thing where you, like a Big Mac box opening, but it's just a single nugget. Right. And you think, you look at that and you go, like, get off my social media feed. Like, go away. Leave me alone. I want to play a prank on my family. I want to do something fun. Now it's become a corporate thing and it bugs me now. Yeah, whatever happened to putting saran wrap over the toilet seat, you know, like. That's a classic. That is, that is some good times. I want uh, this, I want to congratulate um, Microsoft. Because this is from Microsoft. April Fool's Day is now a collectively sanctioned excuse to lie to people every year. Uh, this is actually, I'm, writing, I'm reading from uh, Mashable here. Tech companies in particular love making goofy announcements on the first day of April to celebrate. But one major industry player will set out the annual tradition in 2019. This year, Microsoft has strongly discouraged its employees from doing any April Fool's stunts at least in front of the public. The order was given by the marketing executive in an internal memo sent around to Microsoft. So you're not going to see Microsoft in this catalog of jokes and joking around. So you're not going to be able to... That's Microsoft is not going to be there. What have we done for the last little bit, Dofo? Well, we're, we're blazing a new trail. As you know, this whole country is blazing a new trail. Blazing a new trail. And of course, as you know, today is the day that brick and mortar cannabis shops are open in the province of Ontario. And we are six months behind much of the rest of the country. And even so, a great number of them are just not ready to open. And as a result, this being confirmed to us by Jamie Marocker, who uh, got it confirmed to her by a guy named Vic Fideli, who wears yellow ties and also happens to be the finance minister, that indeed, if they do not open, those stores are going to be penalized in some way. I think probably they'll take some of their weed, probably. A takeaway that, no, it's going to be a financial penalty for not opening on time, which seems odd considering that it seems like it's the regulatory people that are holding things up, not to mention the fact that we don't seem to have enough green to go around. Well, we're running on a runway here, aren't we? Yes, indeed we are. It is the Alan Carter Radio Program. Thank you so much for joining us here on the big program. I am on my way to Don Mills now, where I do a TV thing, where people uh, put a lot of powder on me. In fact, uh, the makeup, for me, makeup is applied with a trowel, not a brush. A lot of deep crevices, eh? The, well, HD sucks. Let me just say that 100%. I liked SD. If you could, folks, if you're watching the program tonight, I recommend just going to the settings on your program, on your television and downgrading to SD. Because... That I look, I look way better in standard definition than high definition. Join me tonight, five thirty, 
with my co-anchor, Farah Nasser, and then uh, on this radio station beginning at 6 p.m. Justin, did you Jody, enjoy that? Jody, Jody. Jody. Thank you, Justin. We will see you again tomorrow for more of the Alan Carter Radio Program. Everything is made of carbon.